Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Burke in the Game, an iHeartRadio podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to Burke in the Game. Um, I'm having a very special guest, someone that I think has known me the longest out of all the pro dancers ever, ever on Dancing with the Stars and who actually got me the job or who recommended me. I wouldn't say he 100% got it for me. I got it for myself. Um, But he definitely requested that they come in. They, meaning the producers, come in and interview me. Mr. Louis Van Amstel. He's a Dutch-American ballroom dance champion, professional dancer and choreographer who appears on the U.S. reality television series, Dancing with the Stars. He is the creator of the very popular dance fitness program called La Blast. Van Amstel was cast for season one of Dancing with the Stars in early 2005. I don't know if you guys remember, he danced with Trista Sutter. She was like the very first bachelorette, I think. Anyway, um, he's now returned to the show for season 31. And I personally love Dancing with Louie. He brings out the best in me. He is like my go-to partner. You know how everyone has their go-to partners on Dancing with the Stars. Like Val always dances with Jenna when she's not pregnant, obviously. You had Max and Peta. You know, you have your peop- your person and Louie is my person. Anyway, um, he, you know, has partnered with all different types of celebrities. Lisa Renna was one of them. And this past season or this season, she, he, uh, he partnered with actress Cheryl Ladd, the original Charlie's Angels. What's really cool is that she actually requested Louie. That was the main reason why he is back, and I hope he stays back. Anyway, um, Van Amstel, I like to just call him Louie, first name basis only. He is married to longtime boyfriend, or was his boyfriend, Joshua, Joshua Lancaster, and um, they both live in Sundance, Utah, and they have two adopted sons, Daniel and Jonathan, that I definitely want to talk about because I have been seriously thinking about adopting, not in the near future, but I would say in a few years from, from today. Anyway, I'm really excited. Louie and I have so much to catch up on. We still haven't had like a proper dinner um, because we've only seen each other through rehearsals and they've been like grueling rehearsals. So I'm very excited just to uh, chat with my longtime friend, dance partner and family member, Louie Van Amstel. Stay tuned. 
Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time to hear her side of the story. Joe and Serena sit down for an intimate conversation with Maria Georges on Bachelor Happy Hour. I have to ask, I heard a rumor that you were dating at one point one of Drake's best friends. Oh, Lord, have mercy on me. Listen to Bachelor Happy Hour on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Bachelor Happy Hour. Listen now everywhere you listen to podcasts and don't miss part two Monday night. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Louis Van Amstel, welcome to Burke in the Game. This has been a podcast of getting me back in the game. Since I am newly divorced, I have to eventually, unfortunately, get back into the dating game. Um, And I'm not really looking forward to it, uh, to say the least. Um, But forget about me for now. Welcome to my home, Sober. (laughs) My sober home, which this was not a sober home, but it's a different vibe. What was the feeling when you walked in here for the first time in a while? Well, first of all, right now it's about, what, 4.30 p.m. and you have a gorgeous view. That's all covered. When I was here last, it was 2 a.m. And it was still gorgeous views. Yes, but another kind of view. Yes, it was blurry views. We don't have to go there. No, we don't. We had a great time. But. I don't. I don't remember. It's as if it wasn't me. Um, I like to keep it like oh, that. Gosh. Uh, so Louis and I go back from. Was it honestly thirteen? Thirteen, fourteen. You were dancing with David. Oh my God! David Bruckner was my very first <laughs> partner. You guys. So in the competition circuit, you were like an icon, still an icon. You Your words, six. not mine. I just worked hard at it. But that's the thing that is and it's only how hard is it to become top six, um, a professional world class Latin American champion out of all the couples in the world. That is a huge accomplishment. 
Thank you. It is. And if you work hard, it sounds cliche, but things will happen. But yeah. it didn't happen over roses. Or overnight. It was yeah. overnight. No, it started at 12, competing for the first time. And then at 15, I had an English partner. And, and now then, you're 16. <laughs> and now I'm 16, yes. And then you go international. No, you've, do, you've yeah. done it for many years. But but the audience hasn't, so tell no. the listeners. No, so being in Europe, um, at 15, I started my international career. My mm -hmm. parents luckily allowed me to finish, no, stop school, not finish school, and go to England. Luckily, it all worked out. At 15, you said? At 15, yes. So what grade is that? Um... Well, it was, it works a little different in Europe, oh. but until 16, you have to go to school. But my principal decided to be in on the risk and just said, I'll keep him on in school on paper. Oh. And so oh. fast forward a few years later, 1994, after we became world champion, uh, that same person came to our celebration party, wow. had a little speech, and he said, Right now, I feel so much better because Aww. the fact that he let me go at 15 and a half, it was half a year. But yeah, he, so he basically he, like was like pass. He actually did a little one of those that, OK, I was Aww. part of the world champion in the making. And uh, wow. but you know what? And this is for many people that listen or watch. If you achieve a goal, a dream, you know what's harder? The day after. Yeah, when you're like, that's it. Now what? Yeah. It I was depressing. Athlete, yeah. And not everyone will understand that. But if you have Athletes a dream will. and you work towards that dream yeah. and now you hear that national anthem, that gold medal is around your shoulders uh, or around your neck, then what? Yeah. It re I did not expect that depressive feeling. But it, take, it took a few days. But and that then, was at 15, but then you switched. No, no, no. no. This was now oh, fast forward at 21. It. Then we decided, and this is important, for us, even though becoming a world champion, we didn't feel it was enough. Mm. We wanted to do it again. Because mm -hmm. when you are a repeat mm -hmm. world champion, Defending. now no one can take that away from you. Right. So now you go back to the world championships. Now the pressure is on. Because mm -hmm. now everyone wants to take that title from of you. Course. It was even harder emotionally and mentally. Oh, yeah. But nevertheless, but, we did it. Okay, well, let's have real talk here. Look, I think I, I don't know how that feels because I was never um, a world champion. However, I think with any sport, job, pressure, and expectation, there always is the only one way to go. And either that's up or down. It's pretty black or white like that. Yes, and then there's, oh, wait, how do I feel? Like, the how do you handle the pressure? How did you handle it? Were you, um, did you guys communicate about it? Did you keep it to yourself? Like, how would you handle the fact that you've already been a champion? Now there's only one way to go. Yes. Well, repeat. And then from amateur, we decided to turn pro and we did show dance. Yeah. And what we didn't expect is that we would become world champion a third year in a row as pros. So that was... Wait, what is show dance for our listeners? So show dance is the one part of the ballroom dance competition where you're alone on the floor, you choose the music, and you can do multiple dances within three minutes. You can dress however you want. Like what we do on Dancing with the Stars, basically. Pretty much. Yeah. 
But normally the dance competition is that you're on the floor with, well, in the final with six couples, and then you get judged and compared to those other five couples <laughs> yeah. with a number on your back. Show dance, you're alone on the floor. And that's what we love coming from other forms of dance. Mm -hmm. So winning it for the third time. But you know what? I have to go back. I'll do it short. No, it's okay. In 1992, Julie and I were dancing three years together since 1989. In those three years, I went from zero to 100 miles. Within a year, we were in all the major finals. Within two years, we were traveling the world, all major finals, world championships, you, na you name it. You? That was 18, 19, and 20. Got it. If you get fame so quickly within your own industry, and this is where I think you can identify your early years of Dance with the Stars, where you come in from nowhere, you win season two, then boom, you win season three. We go on tours. We feel like rock stars. That can go to your head, either in arrogance or emotionally can take you to a place where you go into, Hiding. I am no longer in control over my own body, yeah. my decisions, because now everyone wants you. And we had that so early in 1992, it got to me. In what I way? said, stop. I can't do this anymore. We were third in the world. What do you mean it got to you? It got to me all the traveling, oh. all the people want something. Well, now you represent your country. Mm. You can't say no. You have to go there. I'm not a political person, never been, never will be. But then they started pulling us. Japan here, China here. It was great. It's on paper, great. And five-star hotels. You get all that treatment. Mm. And all I wanted to do was go home be with my friends mm -hmm. and be an adolescent of course, of course. and it was kind of taken from me Your and passion I, and love? I yeah and I wasn't doing it anymore because I wanted I was doing it because I was pressured into it well, you feel like a robot yep and that's how I felt but I I said no good for you I did that even though they said your career is over so in 1993 December I did a few things went to the academy for a few months and I, I when I in 1992 I said I know what I don't want. I need to figure out what I want. That's yeah. important. So 1993, I knew what I wanted. I missed it. I wanted to dance under my control. Uh -huh. I say where I want to go and no one can tell us. So Julie and I became a partnership again. Again. And then we lost even in our home country to a couple that have never made the final. Oh, anyway, oh, didn't matter. Didn't matter. So we got back December 1993. Didn't win the national competition in Holland. Nine months later, we win the world championships. And that's what gave me the confidence. Even now, why I am so about bringing the best out of people. Mm -hmm. I mean, bringing you, asking you in New York City in 2005, October or November, to say, Cheryl, you need to do Dancing with the Stars. It's a good thing. And terrifying. And you did. And I talked with Max and Yelena. They said, no, 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 because they were still Max competing. Murkowski. Max Murkowski. You know, it's I don't know if you remember, I had no identity. I had no opinion. I didn't talk a lot at all. And when I did talk, I had a little tiny English accent. Don't know where that came from. But I always say, and not in a negative way, but the ballroom world is a man's world. It is. In, in, in the sense of the way... I'm not trying to convince you. I'm just saying in my in my experience and everyone's different. I do believe that, you know, for the ballroom, especially Latin, right? The man leads, the woman follows, 
And even my coaches would always go to the, my male partner to ask him what he wanted to do as far as choreography goes. I didn't even know what my favorite color was when I did my first interview in New York. Well, when- I 100% agree with you. Anyway, I want to say something. If you would have stayed in the ballroom industry, you could have had a phenomenal career. The only downside is, would you have been happy about it? I actually don't believe that I would have had a phenomenal career because like you, I didn't believe in the political game. So I never did it for the result. I did it purely based on the pure passion and love of wanting to learn. And I loved what I saw when I would dance. I did. I, I loved it. I loved the feeling. It was a sense of therapy for me. It was my only way to truly express my authentic self. Yeah, I agree. I did it between 12 and yeah world championship as a therapy. And now we get to dance on Dancing with the Stars and get that passion back. One more question before we get there, though. What did you learn about yourself? It ain't over until I say it's over. Mm -hmm. And And follow your intuition. Follow your intuition. By the way, you haven't aged one freaking year. Like, you look exactly the same. I'm not even kidding. Thank you. I'm not kidding. I'm not trying to, like, kiss your ass. There's no reason for it. I truly believe that. I don't know. So what is your secret to other than La Blast, which we'll talk about, obviously. But is it the genes? Is it because you take... I know you've always no, been I'm, one to No, I'm take very care proud of, of what it is. Yeah. There's a few things. When I was in my teens, I said, no, here's what my coach said, Rude Vermeer. You better do it now, boy, because when you're 26, it's over. Interesting. So I always thought, okay, I'm in my 20s. So when I'm 30, I want to be able to be in a better shape mm. than I was in my, in my 20s. When I was 40, the goal was to look better than in my 30s. And whether it's true or not, people can judge all they want. I hold myself to those standards. So the last 10 years, I was looking at, okay, what can I do? How old are you? I'm turning, I turned 50 in June. So I'm 50. You're like J-Lo for the men. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Thank you. I take it. I'll take it. You really are. But for me, it's really a lifestyle. Yeah. It's the lifestyle where it is. Do burn the calories, do the weight training, your muscle strength. I love skiing. Skiing is my first passion. That bone density needs to be thick because when you go on those slopes, you, I mean, I don't want to break a bone, but I also don't want to take away the fun of skiing because right. of course as dancers, You're not go on the bunny slope. we have to, no. Black diamond. Anyway, um, yes, let's be very clear on that one. So it's that and also work on your mental and emotional health. That's probably the biggest one I that I got that. from 1992. Okay, let's talk detail. How do you work on, for example, your mental uh, health? What do you do for that on a daily? Is it a daily thing or is it, what is it? Daily. What it's is it daily. exactly? So metaphorically speaking, I do not throw anything under the rug. You face your feelings. Face the feelings. It might take a few days, but also with my husband, Josh, especially in the earlier years, we really communicate it. Mm-hmm. Right now, we're dealing with a little it's bit okay. more complicated feelings, but That's normal. we're working through it. But the fact that we're communicating and myself, also you can do a lot of self-talking. You don't have to say a word, but you can reflect on, hey, do I re- regret saying this? Do I, how could I have done that differently? Put your ego aside. It's not a competition with yourself, with your egotistical self. It is... How can I be better? Mm-hmm. And what can you do for others? That makes also, you feel good too. Right, oh my God. That is that is everyone, I believe, 
Uh, when everyone's like, what's my purpose? What's my purpose? It's like we sometimes just have to look outside ourselves for a second yep. and just notice, you know, when I have just the experience, I I basically define everything by seasons um, in my life because that's all I know for the past 26 seasons. But when I would make Dancing with the Stars about me and there were times when I did that and that was after my first two seasons, but I would definitely started, uh, I guess, competing but for the wrong reasons, I started comparing myself and comparison is the devil. That definitely, it does not do anybody any good to compare because everybody's different. But when I did do that, that was when I got so in my head that I it was about me and, and outshining everybody. And then that was when I was not as successful. And then when I honestly stopped drinking and I now meditate twice a day and I do transcendental meditation and I'm in consistent therapy. I've got a cognitive therapist and a somatic therapist. And when I do the work like that, I start to understand my purpose. And my purpose is, is not to be self-consumed in that way, to still be selfish in the therapeutic aspect of things and to really self-love is what I call selfish, you know, in a mm-hmm. good way. But when you start to understand that, you know, why do we do something like this? Why is Dancing with the Stars still on air? It's because we're trying to also put a smile on people's faces when they watch us dance. And when we get so caught up in, is this has to be perfect. This has to be this. I need a mirror ball trophy. It actually, for me, from my own experience, it works against you. You have two. I have zero. Well, so- that doesn't matter. You can have one. Mine's half broken. You know, <laughs> mine was a lampshade because that's how old it is. Oh that's gosh. what they used, a lampshade. But kidding aside, it's the moment you win something, everyone else wants to take it away. That's <laughs> that is competition. Yeah. But in your head, you try to defend and defend rather than no, this is just a moment in time. And our job is to help others. And to me, being a parent right now, that has shined so much more light on validating others' feelings seeing it from their point of view. And when you do, it makes you feel better about yourself too yeah. because you help someone else. Yeah. And Let's talk about this. I've talked a lot with you about adoption and I've actually just had a therapy session last week and told my therapist about you and our conversations. And cause you know, I've had a lot of um, thought about maybe I freeze my eggs, but then I have body dysmorphia as well. And I just don't um, see myself, especially just as a single woman going through like the hormones and shooting myself. I, I don't, I don't think I'm fit for it and I don't want to do it. So therefore there's other options. And when I was talking to you, there was a sense of ease and peace that went through my body thinking, Oh, phew, you can have, you can adopt kids. Like I totally, I guess I didn't think about that because I feel like 500,000 are available as of today. Right. It's ridiculous, huh? Did you always have that, um, I guess, uh, want? No. No. In when I still lived in Holland, we're not going into detail, but with my best friend, female, we tried to conceive a child. Yes. had sex? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. You, you just said we're yes, not going to go into too much detail. And and, I didn't well, know you had that experience. I yes, swear I thought. I did. It didn't work. And thank goodness it didn't work because six <laughs> like months literally? later I moved. Um, when I met Josh and when we became serious. How did you meet Josh? Josh is 
Louis's husband. Sorry, we're all over the place, yes. but this is Sorry. who we are. Yes, he's my husband. We met at the Abbey in West Hollywood. <laughs> even <though it's> hey, <laughs> Abbey. Was it one of our nights there? No, who no, knows? it wasn't. No, I don't it wasn't. remember. It wasn't. Anyway, he's from Austin, so he's Texan. And he was there like, visiting for 24 hours. We met in that time. Boom. And the rest is history. Like boom, boom. No, boom, not boom, boom, boom. For three months, it was text messaging and phone calls. That Got boom, it. boom was way later. Was this FaceTime? If it was FaceTime existed? Then? No, not, no? Yet. not, not yet. yet. Texting okay. and Got calling. Anyway, then when we became serious, that's the first thing he said. I want to get married and I want to have children. Wow. And I thought, oh, I thought I gave up on the idea of either marriage or uh, kids. Because I was kind of in the same spot as you, as in living the Hollywood lifestyle. We had two seasons a year. Then we went on tour. Right. I mean, we had the lifestyle. But you weren't married previously. No. No, no. I'm talking about before Matt. Before, yeah. Anyway, so how are you going to find a soulmate in Hollywood? Really? I don't know. Everybody's <laughs> looking for the next best thing. You you have it one day and it's, can, is there some something better out there? Right. It's no. And I living in Utah now, that is so crystal clear. Oh, right. That, oh, it's so hard to find someone. Yeah. Anyway, doesn't matter us for another or maybe no, later. No, this is not for another. This is for okay, now. Okay, we're going to talk yeah, about it. Yeah, let's talk. So, let's anyway. Let's real talk here. We got married in 2017. Where? And in How Utah at Sundance. Invited? Oh, you were invited. I was invited, actually. Yeah, I you remember. were. Sorry. Oh, yeah, you had, I don't know Wait, when what was this? kind 2000, of excuse 2017. No, this was. January 2017 you know what in 2014 when we got together that's when we started talking about having kids got we it. did discuss surrogate mm. but then we decided adoption is best for us and we wanted to adopt older what is why so why would so i guess just out of curiosity for me my therapist also mentioned um surrogate versus adopting now what does that entail you can, whether you adopt a baby or a 10-year-old the way we did, the moment you see that picture on a thumbnail picture on the website. I won't go on the website yet. No, do it. I told you. Don't do it. I will. It's like a dog. It's not like a dog, but like it will be like my dog. I will literally just want to adopt all of them. You want to. And and you're going to cry. You're going to sob. You're going to. So when you're ready, that's when you look. And, And the moment we saw the thumbnails of both of our boys we started bawling and we knew those are our sons and we went after them and nothing would stop us. Was that a different feeling than other people you saw? Yeah. You just go through, you you just just know, know, you know, because you, we didn't care about the ethnicity. We cared about the age and the number. Why 10? Because older kids are most likely to end up on the streets and unfortunately, I hate to have to say it, but the suicide rate among 18-year-old foster kids is the highest. Oh, interesting. And it is, it's sad. Besides that, if you look at Josh's age, 33, I am 50. At the time, I was 30, what, eight? So, what was he, Josh, three? <laughs> I swear that's He illegal. was 21 when oh, we met. Got it, got he it. was legal. Got it, got yes. It. Check the, I checked my, the ID. My math is anyway. great. We know this already. <laughs> but... So we're looking at, okay, a 10-year-old kid, I would have been 38 instead of 48, and he would have been 23. Mm-hmm. So we were looking between 5 and 10, post the diapers and the sleepless oh, nights. Oh, you don't want to change the diaper. We wanted the end of precognitive Got it. into, okay, now they can learn, learn things and go travel with us. We love traveling. 
So, but we ended up seeing those pictures. We fell in love. Mm. And so you go to the website. And the thing is, yes, get over that window shopping. How, oh, shoot, it's not good. It's sad. And no, it's not. It's actually it's you're saving a life. It's accessible to yeah. people. And right. I don't think they know how accessible it is to adopt in the United States. State adoption is so much cheaper than private adoption. So I was going to ask you this. With adoption, obviously comes past trauma. Yes, but I believe that we're going to deal with it regardless. I don't think anyone can stay away from dealing with any type of trauma, no. even from yourself. There's different levels, mind you. How do you handle it? Are they in therapy? Have they always they been? They have therapy every single week. And also you I as have well. a therapist. Yeah. Josh has his own therapist. And there's nothing embarrassing about no. it. No. I was actually Absolutely the last not. one Ash. to start my therapy. I, can, I believe that. And He's European. That's what happens. <laughs> Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time to hear her side of the story. Joe and Serena sit down for an intimate conversation with Maria Georges on Bachelor Happy Hour. I have to ask, I heard a rumor that you were dating at one point one of Drake's best friends. Oh, Lord, have mercy on me. Listen to Bachelor Happy Hour on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Bachelor Happy Hour. Listen now everywhere you listen to podcasts and don't miss part two Monday night. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So let's take it back. Take it back to the good old days. So what is, I guess, look, we haven't spent too much time together. We, when we do spend time together, it's learning a routine or one of 75 we're going to do this season. What is the biggest difference, I guess, that um, from what you now know of me today versus when you were here last time? You've definitely gone through your waves. Oh, yeah. And 
we, evolved, as people like to say. Yes. It's, but I'm still a little concerned. About what? And we'll, we'll get there. It's, of course, when I, I remember, gosh, I remember walking into hey, dancing. You can't leave me on a cliffhanger, guys. I will get Wait. there. Oh, yes. Do you, do you think this okay, is the first fine. time I've done things like fine, these? Fine, fine, fine. Hey, um, so 2005, yeah. walking into Dance New York, turning around, you were sitting on that corner and we sat and talked, what, three, four minutes about it? And then the next thing, boom, you said, yes, you're on the show. Yeah. And then you won season two, won yeah. season three. We go on tour. I don't even think the alcohol no, happened extremely. No, it didn't happen until I moved here when I was 21. Yes, but when we... You have to understand, you're the 21-year-old yeah. from New York, not really having a major career yet. You Just would started. have, I believe, but you would have. But then you go the other way, and then boom, you win season one. Boom, you win two. season two. Well, season two and season three with Emmett My first and two. Drew. Yeah. Then we go on our first tour. We mm -hmm. all felt like rock stars. 10, 15,000 people, 36 times in a row. We go back on TV, boom. I mean did something to me what let alone well you know it makes you feel confident mm. but it can also do the opposite because you experienced after season two winning season three winning you experienced what i experienced in 1995 mm. having to defend your title mm. it's the worst feeling and then the comparisons start oh i'm not good enough oh i'm old i'm gonna older. hire the younger one then julianne huff and then i drink more yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's it makes sense. So we had that period of a lot of fun. <laughs> <Julian Huffcombe. laughs> well, yes, I love you. but and that she did the same thing in season four and season no. five, mm -hmm. and then Derek came and and <laughs> the Huffs. Okay. Yes, and then it's all of you, but also I'm the one that got you all on the show, right. and I'm 15 years Godfather, your senior. How do you think that did to me when I was not on season? Oh, four I know what and it did season to you. Five. I'll never forget it. But. I, you were living with me in the palazzo. Oh my gosh. And your closet was yes. my cupboards. Because I also was an alcoholic, still am technically it's a disease, but I was drinking heavily. I was an active one and I didn't own one hanger. Do you remember okay. that? Oh my gosh. Yes, I do. Moving on. I was a messy alcoholic. So no, this is all then good. This is great. I was not on a few seasons. So yeah. we've had some dinners here and there, but we well, kind of went our different ways. Yeah. Also, I must say, too, I saw it not only happening to you, but also others. I grew up with alcoholic parents, uh -huh. smoking, chain smokers, and I decided it's not for me. I will not do it. So when I saw you go there and others go there, the partying every mm -hmm. Monday night, you hated I, it. I went a few times, but I thought it's just not my cup of tea. And I had to protect myself. And, and you tried to protect me, but I wouldn't have it. Well, I have another personal friend, nothing to do with Dancing with the Stars. I did the same. I said, you should stop right now. We should go. No, I'm not going. But that's the thing. You can't. can't I do it, it once. I do it twice. But then after the third time, I did my part. Mm -hmm. Now it's on you. Mm -hmm. and, and eventually, hopefully they'll get there. Yes, because here's the difficult thing being on the other side of people that you see are going the wrong way. You have to learn it on your dime. Who am I to take that learning experience away from you? Okay. But also, Cheryl, it's been hard, not just with you, but seeing my own kids sometimes that you want to step in yeah, as that parent or friend. Because what of a friend of I, one of my 
what kind of friend am I to you if, you if I see you fall and I'm not there to Actually, pick you up? That is a friend. Yes. But at the same time, okay, you want to go there? You go there. But then when you come, the door will always be open. Mm-hmm. And that's, I've never really spoken these words to you. No, this is great. But I've al- always been there, even with one or two text messages. We had dinner mm-hmm. a few years ago oh. at Pump. Oh, there you go. It's, <laughs> it's See, been I'm already going crazy. <laughs> so there's always been that you're on your own, but at the same time, I'm here. Yeah when you're ready yeah and and then of course you know years go by and you reconnect with i almost stepped on that plane because i came back from europe the day of your wedding i told you that that i i would have been there no it's okay to support by the way i wish you still would have been i don't regret any of it no but it's um and then of course you go through divorce and 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 here we are season 31 which by the way has felt amazing as a group i think this is one of the best seasons mm-hmm. not about the celebs or anything it's just the hearts there is mm-hmm. yes and that is all of us i it's think co- we're all older yeah. we it's a different generation back. though we yes. are the oldest and i yes. think that but i think what's different though like you said to me in the trade by the trailers backstage yesterday was for the first time you don't feel the need to keep everything to yourself like you no. want to help because I wonder is if it is it because you feel the need because to pass down your knowledge in a way. I think it is, and also to be of service. Like yep. how, I mean, the feelings. I mean, I also I get what you're saying because there's times where you're just like, no, I'm not going to help anybody. They wouldn't do that for me. But it just turns yes. into just nasty energy inside it, your body, it, and it makes everyone feel better when they feel heard. Last night it was Jesse. Everyone came up. Oh, great job! And this, and it was heartfelt. She said it oh my gosh, you guys make me feel so much better about myself. Mm. And I'm thinking, why didn't we do that earlier? But then again, we're all young and competitive. Why didn't we do what earlier? Help each other. Oh, Say it out loud. Thinking, oh, you did a great job. We never did. Say it. And this is one thing I'm going so personal here. In my own therapy sessions that my husband would say, I don't feel heard. And I heard him, but I didn't say that I heard him. And that's something I then realized, oh my gosh, my mother and I, that's that's my parents. I got that from them. I need to change that. And I've been doing that a few times this week alone. That's great that you're Say noticing it. it. Noticing it. Because no one has ever heard it enough. No. Especially if no. it has to do with any type of reassurance or love or just a compliment. Yeah. We love to criticize. Can't. Oh, that, but, but it's think so about, hard. Why to do compliment. we love to criticize? Because we've been criticized or judged our whole lives. That's all yep. I know. I yep. was just doing another interview prior to this. And all I know is com- competition and judging yep. and not being the one to judge, though that has happened, obviously, through other ways. Obviously, I'm very judgmental and that's something I'm working on. But like, really, it is not a normal life the way that we've been raised and in this world of being judged and competing in constant yep. comparison that don't tell me that anybody uh, it wears and tears on you and mm-hmm. especially my mental state because um, yep. that's what I've been wired to and also goes back to the way I was raised. And we are our own worst enemies. Oh, it's, God. It's, you think I mean to like my partners always say, you're so mean. I said, wait till you hear what I say to myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So wait, why are you still worried about me? Because you keep talking about I need to go back to the dating scene. Am I ready? 
I don't I th- need to. No, exactly. That's that's I my love dating point. myself. <laughs> but it's it's But you're not worried I, about like my alcoholic. No. Like, oh no, I've no, no, been no. Sober no. for four years. It's just so you I'm know. so proud of that. Thank it's, you. It's uh I have a close friend here who also is three, four years mm. sober. And I only commend you. It's one day at a time. It's, well, that's just as what it is. And the more you look for it, the harder it is. And when that person is ready to walk into your life, they come when you least expect it. Oh, no. To- and honestly, it's, it I don't even think I'm ready to do it. I no. actually enjoy, like I've always said, there's a enjoy difference between you. being lonely and alone. I'm not lonely. I love being alone. Like that is Good. something new. I honestly look forward to coming home to my dog and us just playing and me chasing her like a crazy person around this couch area but I also never felt that way before it was always lonely and so I would fill the void with being physical with someone else with dating with drinking with partying with being too exhausted that I have to be in fight flight or freeze literally a flight yeah literally fight flight flight, or freeze yes (laughs) like like fighting for my life because it was seven days a week and I am no longer wanting that I, I, I my goal in life is to find whatever makes me feel at peace and at ease with myself and content like I always used to think the roller coaster ride if you're in a relationship that's just like this like my mom and stepdad Bob for example I always thought oh how boring no 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 that is the ultimate goal is to not have those crazy ups and downs mm-hmm. Like that's what causes stress, which causes cancer, which causes a short life. The not no drama is is the goal. And I never understood that till just recently. Good. I'm glad you joined the bandwagon on that one. Yeah, that's why I felt a six years ago. I had a breakdown in my office on my penthouse condo above sunset. Sounds all bougie, huh? And it was (laughs) it was at a rooftop. You've been there. And I broke down. I didn't even know why. When was this? This was six and a half years ago uh-huh. in 2016. And I just started bawling. And Josh across the, we were in the office. Our second bedroom was the office. And he was looking at me. What happened to you? I said, I don't know. And then I started reflecting and I realized I wanted to get the f- out of LA. LA. Yeah. And he said, okay, okay. When were you thinking? Next week. Wait, so what it's- triggered all that? emotion did Ag- something trigger it again or you just had a it's moment just of silence over all the politics or pressure. the pressure of having to, to having relevant. to achieve yes yeah. and that's what i have with the social media Ugh. thing and um i mean the pressure on getting more social media followers well, because otherwise you won't be back on TV. That's well, not true. It's obviously well, no. It's not true. I'm back, and <laughs> right. I'm the one with the least. Like when people said that I'm too fat for television. Obviously, that's not true. I'm on it's, TV. <laughs> it's, but you always have those people. Yes. And we need it needs to go in one ear, out the other. People have to follow their intuition more. And what does they, that mean for people that don't understand that? Okay. So I use it a lot coaching still. Okay. That you still coach? Oh yes, I couples. coach, and I really enjoy it. Not like life coaching, but like no dance, dance, couple. dance but coaching. But you are a life but, coach. But oh my gosh, yes, you're it's, a mentor. It's pretty much sixty percent psychology, like what we do and here, human behavior, and dancing and, with the stars, and helping them. And yeah. that is such a joy, and it's a job, but I enjoy it. So we, oftentimes, and I've I've believed 
mental and emotional health when I started LeBlast 12 years ago. Yes. That was the reason why I wanted to join the fitness industry to add something that they are missing, the emotional health and wellness, because dance does that. So now suddenly, thank you, Simone Biles, during the Olympic Games, she stepped out. I understood her in a small little way, 1992, I did that. I just didn't do it while I was at the Olympics. I did it during a lesson two weeks before Blackpool, which is, which our, is our open Olympics. world championship. Yeah. So, so when she did that, I felt even more confident to talk about intuition, follow your gut. Wow. So what is the gut? It's the emotional self, the mental self, and the physical self. If all three are talking to each other in balance, you can say, you live life intuitively. Mm -hmm. So there are thinkers, feelers, mm -hmm. and doers in the world. So you can kind of, you have to be honest with yourself. Are you a thinker? Do I don't you think overthink? you're either or. Well, I, I mean. I don't think it's black or white. It isn't. But everyone has all three. Of course. And you then, just have to want to tune into it. Yes. So the doers mm -hmm. are the athletes, the the ones that are the physically. CEOs, CEOs of companies. Yeah. Physicals. And then you have the people that always overthink. They sit down. I'm that too. And cognitive. Always That's cognitive. That's why I used to drink. Rationalize. And then you have the feelers. Yes. And really, we're all three. Yeah. And we have to develop the two thirds that we either don't like or we don't want to go. But then again, you can't be intuitive until you face all three. Right. Do you think that as in layman terms, like honestly... There is a feeling, you know, when it arises. Yes. And because we're dancers, I do believe that we are more in touch with our bodies and have mm -hmm. more body awareness than most, even than some athletes. But because we, we strive off of this, especially ballroom dancers, do you think that for people like us, we are definitely, we feel, we think, and we overthink, and we also do, right? It's deep, but that's yeah. part the no, part I love. It's deep. And yeah. that's what I've been doing with myself for over 25 years that I feel, why that's did awesome. I do that? Yeah. Why do I do that? And then when you are in balance and you follow that intuition more, mm -hmm. you start making decisions that instantly make you feel better. Doors open. Isn't that the ultimate? Let's talk about LeBlas, Louis, because I'm yes. so proud of you. Thank you. Honestly, I think it is something that you are, of course, of in service for other people that want to dance that don't may not may be too shy, but you know you make it attainable. What is your the premise of LeBlas? How did you come up with it, and what is going on with it currently? So, thank you for asking this question because yeah. I never want to make it about just promoting my company. I mean, but the why is important. Yeah. So. Season seven, you had Drew, I had Lisa Rinna. Season seven, two. Season two, yes. Two. I Lisa Rinna. Season seven. Sorry. No, 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 season, season two. two. Then we went on tour, Lisa joined. Then mm -hmm. the second tour, Harry uh, joined as well. And then Lisa said, Well, Louis, I blame you for being addicted to dancing. I can go back to the show. I milked it. You need to start a class. I'll promote it. You just do the class. Well, then three years later, Season nine, I had Kelly Osborne as my partner, and that was such a special journey. Oh, I love those Osbournes. Not just while well, you had Jack, mm -hmm. a few years later. Mm -hmm. um, 
not just because of the dancing, not just because she was the underdog. Oh, yes, they're they're just like being a part of her journey. Yes, it really is that. But it was the effect that that journey had on the people mm -hmm. watching that gave me the confidence. Mm -hmm. It's only fair that I create something. What Kelly enjoyed, what Lisa enjoyed, that you need to bring dance to the public for people that have never danced before. Mm -hmm. What can you do to make them happy? Because dancers, how many classes can First dancers go to? First of all, there's science to? behind it, which is why I'm also starting my dance program. But it has nothing to do with that. It's the fact that dance brings joy to yes. everybody. When your body is in movement, it there is something chemically that happens in your body. Yes. So when I went into the fitness industry, I decided, okay, well, I need 100% fitness mm. here. Mm. I did all my certifications. I went to fitness conventions. Gus, mm. we're doing about 15 a year. And present, listen to those instructors because they teach at the gyms. And then I started adding weight training, hand weights, squats, and lunges, and the whole nine to yards, your, plyometrics, while we're doing quick step, wow. while doing rumba, cucarachas, <laughs> and squats. Who knew cucarachas and squats were oh, wow. actually really close? It's just one is the fitness version, yeah. and one is the dance version. And it's all within 50 minutes. And when I do the on-demand classes, yes, I don't see the people. I'm looking at a camera. So on-demand, like on-demand. People at home can do it 16 times a week live streaming, or we have archive videos. I mean, I don't know how on many YouTube. we have. Uh, we have our own website. You can go to our website and sign in. What is your website? And it's leblastfitness.com. And anyone can enjoy two weeks for free. Because again, I want to sleep at night. So we're offering it for free for two weeks so That's people awesome. can experience it. Yeah. But really, dance does so much as it does for you. Therapeutic for me. Um, but also people can really change their bodies. And you don't need a dance partner. Oh, my gosh. That's the beauty of La Blast because when you go to a dance studio, you need a partner. And you can, yeah, on a Friday night party, you can take lessons one-on-one. -on -one, but if you, it's, it misses that intimacy that you have with your mm -hmm, boyfriend mm -hmm. or your spouse. But with La Blast... Your hand weights are your partner. Mm -hmm. and well, you are your partner. And that would be perfect for me because I'm yes. dating myself. And it's funny because Cheryl Ladd mm -hmm. and I were talking about it. I was in better shape before Dancing with the Stars yes, than going in. Because now you're on a dance floor. We're teaching. It's great for the mind. But I'm not burning the calories no. the way oh, I do. Now you 50. are, my love. Well, now I am. Yes, dancing with you. That's also lift. <laughs> but Your right arm. Yeah, it's isn't it funny? It's Ugh. always our right arm. Yeah. It but is. it's it's really wonderful that we're now in ten countries. We're really we're growing our instructor base that mm -hmm. are teaching LeBlast. And I am really most proud that I started ballroom dancing at the age of ten mm -hmm. socially. Then it became therapeutic. Then it became a career. Then we went on TV doing it. And now we're in the fitness industry. And yet it's still. And you're changing people's dancing. lives. You forgot about that. That's the ultimate purpose for me. You are. You have. Yes. Yeah. And mine. Thank you. I'm added Thank to that you. list. You've changed my life Thank for the you. best, for the better. One more question. What changes um, that you've seen on Dancing with the Stars? I guess. So how you haven't been on for how many years? Seven. 2015, okay. Paula Dean was my last season. What is the biggest difference you've seen from that generation on Dancing with the Stars, that me and you were both a part of, and 
the way it was bef- right before you came back, like that gray area versus now? Like, what what do you think the show is missing? What do you think the show did as far as uh, a positive thing that happened to the show that is great, that was different from 2006? Well, there's multiple questions in I know. there. But Give me the good, bad, and ugly. For one, if you look at the cast now versus 10 years ago, um, you and myself and Mark are part of the first five seasons because Mark, I think, joined season Peter. four. No, not Peter. Peter came way later. Yeah. I think season no, Mark, 11 or 12. Mark joined season five. Or so five? you have a lot of the youngsters that are now in the show. And personally, why I love it, again, I'm not, gosh, it makes me either look old or bragging about the fact that I taught most of them when they were bragging. kids it's in just Utah. The truth. <laughs> well, the truth. yeah, but I'm. I, it's, it's not about that. But no. what I love now to see them from the age of 10 and 12 now they're professional they're on dance with the mm-hmm. stars and probably five years ago i would have been bitter about that okay and now that's it's good like, you're admitting no, that it's it's it should be it's proud good. yes yeah. well i see it that way now yeah but i think it might have needed this ring <laughs> and two kids well and also to kind of see you know what we're all in this together. and maybe your time off well, I'm definitely fresh and I love being back. And I hope this is not the last time. No, I, I but they would really, be stupid if it was. Well, I mean, it's not up to me. And if, if you know, Disney plus ABC, the BBC, they all want to go for younger and younger. Well, I'm getting older and older. But I'm also here but, to show age everyone. Is just a number. You well, don't look older and older. Hopefully I am showing that. Yeah. Not in my talks, but in my In our action. dancing. And in the in the dancing, and I have not I lost the passion. Have. I think we have shown it. Well, and we have more to come, exactly. and I can't wait for it. I think the show is on the air for so long for one simple reason. It takes people to another world for two mm-hmm. hours a week, and then a lot of conversations during the week at the hairdresser, the family. nail salon, yeah. shopping. It's a way to calling, get together. Watch parties. Yes, it's, let's vote. Let's vote together. Who are yes. you? Vote? It's a conversation. And yeah. it, it's it's also, it's good for the people that say, yeah, but Charlie is a dancer. Heidi is a dancer. Well, Cherylette is not. And, and Sam is not. It's the diversity that makes this show special. And the fact that you're even talking about it. <laughs> yes. And yeah, is it sometimes yes. for us, you had Sam, I had Cheryl. Could you argue, well, it's unfair to us? No, it's not. Because I believe the audience, you have millions of people that will vote for Sam and Cheryl mm-hmm. and millions of people that will go for Charlie. Mm-hmm. And to me, I'm not bitter about it. I actually myself, if you were wondering at home watching, <laughs> I asked for people. i rather have someone with no dance experience yeah. Because I believe that's what the show is about. I've had both. And I must say, I've had an, everyone from AJ McLean, Backstreet Boys with Dance Experience, to um, Sam Champion, for example. And it's easier to teach someone with no dance experience and easier to mold them because they don't know what it look what feels awkward, let alone their own body awareness, let alone they have nothing to compare. They don't have bad no, habits. No, no. And also... I and believe love it's the it. willingness. Yes. Because someone with well, dance right. experience, I think you had that experience. Uh, All-star season, I had Sabrina, Brian. Amazing oh, right. dancer. Wait, how was that experience? I've never asked you. Absolutely fantastic. First of well, all, I love Sabrina. it was your first dancer. 
right? Yes, my first real, real well, dancer. Well, no, Monique Coleman in season three. Oh, yeah. High School Musical. She was beautiful. Yeah. She also made it to the top four. Yeah. She did. Oh, I yeah. mean, don't forget it was Joey, Mario, and you and Emmett fighting for that top three. I mean, I don't think Monique stood any chance to and make Mario. that, yeah, Mario that Lopez. final. Yeah, Mario Lopez. Yes. So, but anyway, Sabrina, how wonderful. She was a great, fantastic dancer, hip-hop, cheerleading, even lyrical jazz she was fantastic so my goal then was how far can i push her as a ballroom mm. dancer and by week six i remember her doing the rumba i showed the rumba of julie fryer and i mm. and i said i'm going to give you that rumba and she said oh my gosh louis i'm not going to say what she really said because <laughs> the f word is in there but she did such a phenomenal job and i love her as a you know i have it, to look at that again it's gorgeous yeah she did a fantastic job I am okay. proud of you, oh, Louie. Yeah. Thank you. I am so proud of you. And I'm proud I of you. hope that I, I hope you know, first of all, that you're always on my mind and my heart, no matter the distance, no matter how long we haven't talked. I don't forget where I came from and I don't forget who has helped me get there. So thank you for everything. You're welcome. And, and for you. believing in me. And I know I get on your nerves sometimes, but that's just the type of relationship we have. And that means I love you. And I love it. I love you. And I wouldn't want to have it any other way. So as always, you guys, we're going to move on to our question of the week. And so as you guys know, at the end of every episode, we need to ask the listeners the question of the week, which is, how did you overcome your fears of reaching your full potential? Or have you? Or are you in currently in it? Anyway, please answer. And don't forget to um, email us at burkinthegame at iheartradio.com or DM us on Instagram at burkinthegame. Love you guys. And thank you again to my special guest, Louis Van Amstel, for joining us. And I'll catch you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening and coming along this journey with me. If you like what you hear, then feel free to give this podcast five stars. You can also follow along with my journey on Instagram at Burke in the Game. And if you have any advice or want to write in, then email me at Burke in the Game at iHeartRadio.com. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. It's time to hear her side of the story. Joe and Serena sit down for an intimate conversation with Maria Georges on Bachelor Happy Hour. I have to ask, I heard a rumor that you were dating at one point one of Drake's best friends. Oh, Lord, have mercy on me. Listen to Bachelor Happy Hour on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Bachelor Happy Hour. Listen now everywhere you listen to podcasts and don't miss part two Monday night.